Welcome to Zion, welcome to this series called Windows of Heaven. My name is Phil Strong and uh, I'm just delighted to be with you. I'm excited because in this series um, I've got three messages that I'm going to share with you. Three short messages, each with a worksheet for you to dive into. And so I just want to uh, tease you with the titles of those messages and make sure you catch all of them here on our YouTube channel at Zion Media. The first message I'm going to share today is called The Goodness of God. Uh, the second message I'm going to share is called Do Not Cheat God. And the third message I'm going to bring is called Abundance Beyond Imagination. And so these three messages go together. They come from our core passage for this series, Windows of Heaven, which is found in Malachi chapter 3, specifically verse 10. The scripture says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, says God. And there's more that comes before that, and there's more that comes after that. But for now, we're going to dive into this first message, so let's begin by praying. Almighty God, I pray today that by your Holy Spirit, you uh, open the Scriptures to reveal things to us, that you help us by um, um, opening up our hearts, Lord God, bringing the, the grace of the Holy Spirit into our world as our counsellor and our teacher and the one that would help us to discern the truth that you have for us. Today, may we truly see that God is good. He is good indeed. Wherever people are watching this, I pray that your Holy Spirit ministers to them as they share this with each other in discussion with each other. Lord, I pray that they would truly find you in the scriptures. Amen. As I speak to you today about the goodness of God, my point is quite simply this, that as we see the nature of God revealed to us, we get to experience the nature of God. We're on a real journey around this in Zion at the moment, and uh, we've been teaching ourselves to pray the names of God, because the names of God reveal the nature of God, and when the nature of God is revealed, His kingdom comes and establishes itself in our midst. So the goodness of God this first message about us is about us understanding that God wants to reveal his nature to us. We see it revealed in the scriptures and we certainly see it revealed as we journey with him. One of the stories that I wanted to start with by telling you was a time when we were traveling with our children and we were in Zurich and we had a wonderful day in the middle of the city and we'd book some accommodation and as things go, you try and book cheap accommodation when you're traveling on a shoestring. And so we'd booked cheap accommodation, but it wasn't in the center of the city. It was on the outskirts of the city. So the first thing we had to do was navigate the, the train system. We're about four levels under the city. We finally got on the, the right side of the tracks to get on the right side of the train to head in the right direction. Thankfully, we were able to decipher the little uh, sticker signs inside the carriage and we got off at the right stop. Thank the Lord for that. But here's four of us in the rain at 10 o'clock at night dragging our suitcases through the back streets of Zurich looking for our motel. Now we knew it was somewhere close because it was within walking distance of the train station. But it's raining 
it's dark, it's 10 o'clock at night, we're all tired, and the kids are getting a little bit upset, and uh, gotta confess, so was I, because I was lost. Now, this is the days before smartphones, before Google Maps you just carried around on your device. Um, so I'd looked at the map, but I didn't have it with me. And then I, I felt the Lord say this. I felt him say, look up. And as I looked up and across the, the top of the houses that we were surrounded by, I saw the sign for the hotel. The motel was just literally around the corner. We were one street in the wrong place. This reminds me of the story of Hagar in Genesis 21. She's hiding, she thinks she's going to die, and an angel visits her and says, look up, look up. And she looked up and she saw a well, and she was able to revive herself and her son with the water, and in fact she didn't perish in the desert. I'm also reminded of the story on the very next page in Genesis 22, when Abraham is on the top of Mount Moriah with his son, the son of promise, Isaac. And he has him on the altar and he's prepared to slay him. And the angel of the Lord stops him and says, Abraham, look up, look up and you will see. And he names God. He says, you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, who provides all things of all sufficiency in all circumstances. This to me describes God's nature revealed in our journey. If only we would look up. If we would look up, we would see God revealed in our circumstances. And that's really my heart in this message today, is that we would see God's nature revealed through the scriptures. And, and here's the point. The way that we see God determines how we interact with God. For the God we see is the God we relate to. And I want to dive into that today as we get into this passage in Malachi chapter 3. Because I've decided to take three short messages to get to the point, uh, I'm, I'm going to start at the beginning of Malachi chapter 3, and it says here in verse 1, look, look, in Malachi 3 verse 1, look, I'm sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I love this phrase about the messenger of the covenant. This phrase has um, stirred me today as I've been praying and preparing. And did you actually know that the name Malachi, the word Malachi in Hebrew means the messenger? So here we have the prophet Malachi bringing a message to us. And what I want to say right at the front here is that we've got to have an anticipation and an expectation that God is bringing a message to us. If we're going to receive what God has for us, in the scriptures, then we need to pull back and understand that God is wanting to speak to us. He's wanting to reveal himself to us. But unfortunately, the way that we have our um, filters in place uh, sometimes limits what we see. So first and foremost, I want to say God is coming to speak to us. And I would say this, what is God speaking to you? Now, I want to encourage you, download the worksheet that goes with this message. You'll find it. The link is in the description below. So if you're on YouTube, just look at the description, and here you see we have this worksheet called The Windows of Heaven, and the first message is called The Goodness of God. Now I want to ask you, what is God saying to you? Right at the outset, what is God saying to you? And by way of comparison, what I want to do is I want to show you what God is saying to Zion. Because there's, there's often a correlation. There's a, there's a connection between what God is saying to the church and what he's saying to his people. And the people I hang out with, the connect group that I'm part of and the friends that I have, we're always interested here. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to his church? Because this is how we, I suppose, measure how we travel together. The references you can see on your worksheet there is in 2015, God said revival is coming. 
Revival is coming to Te Aumuru, and I was very excited to hear that. In 2016, I felt the Lord say to his church that revival will flow through family and that we should focus on family, we should build family, we should edify family because revival that God has promised will flow into the community through the family of God. In 2017, the Lord said to us, uh, go to the land that I will show you. And here's the faith element of it. He said from Hebrews 11 verse 8, he said, be like Abraham. Abraham went not knowing where he was going. And it was a call for us to move, even though we didn't have a destination in mind. In 2020, uh, we were all in chaos and pandemic and we're in lockdown. And the Lord said to us from Joshua 3 verse 5, I still remember the prayer meeting. God said to us, we're on Zoom and God said, Joshua 3 verse 5, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow you will see the Lord do wonders amongst you. And uh, since that day, we've been on a journey of um, purification and sanctification and as we consecrate, as we set ourselves apart for the work of God that he wants to do through us. And finally, in 2022, uh, in another Zoom prayer meeting, uh, Isaiah 54 verse 2, the Lord said, enlarge the place of your tent, lengthen your cords, do not spare. And we felt like God was preparing us for expansion. It's really exciting. Uh, but to prepare ourselves for that means to trust God and that he's always good and that he's always leading us into a place where he can show us more of his nature and reveal more of himself to the people around our lives as we demonstrate God through the way we choose to live. I wonder what that means for you. Now in the worksheet there, there's some questions for you to, to ponder. So you can pause the video now and discuss those questions with the people you're with, or you can wait till the end of the video and then perhaps work through the worksheet in your quiet time, uh, in prayer. Uh, but I would encourage you to do that with at least one other person, for I find it safe when we pray together and expect God to speak to us uh, through others. The next thing that I want to highlight is this, and that is when we know God and his nature, we can be confident in all seasons. But, but the filter through which we see God um, distinctly and, and markedly changes how we experience God. And, and so if I could say it this way, if you have a, a false filter with a false view of God, then you're, you're actually going to be connecting with you know, what's called a false God. It's not the true God. Um, in Exodus 33 and 34, we have this amazing encounter that we read about. Though Moses is on the mountain. He's meeting God face to face as a man would meet with his friend. And he's this conversation. He says, God, if you don't go with us, we don't want to go out from this place. And God, I would love for you to reveal yourself to me. And this passage of scripture, I want to read it to you. God comes to reveal himself to Moses. And he, he says this, it's in Exodus 34. And verse 6, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion and sin. But I will not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. What's my point? When we know God and who he says he is, then truly we see God in, in who he is, the truth of who he is, and therefore we get to experience him. And that's what I want to point back to as we look at Malachi chapter 3. 
So let's have a look at this God that we see express himself so um, boldly and say, I am the God of compassion and mercy. I am the God who is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. Is, is this the God you relate to? Is this the God you've encountered? Is this the God that you trust? For when we know God is who he truly is, who God says he is, then we can experience him in a fuller way. Now, this is vital for the passage of Scripture that I'm, I'm leading you through in Malachi chapter 3. Because if you've got a false image of God, then you're going to read this passage and you're going to get the wrong message. If you think God is grumpy, if you think God is selfish, if you think God is stingy and he holds back because he wants to punish you for mistakes you've made. If this is your view of God, then you're going to completely miss the point of this passage of Scripture. So it's vital. That we get close to God, to know God. And as we get to know God, we see him revealed in scripture and in our lives. And then we truly experience what he has for us. So so let's look back into our passage in Malachi chapter 3. It's the last page on the Old Testament. Let's look back and then move into this this next section, which is verses 2 and 3. Because I want you to see what God is saying here. Look at this. Who is able to endure it when he, the Lord, comes? who will be able to stand and face him when he appears, for he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, just as he did in the past. God comes to us to purify us because God wants to make us good and acceptable before him. This is God that calls us to a standard of living and yet says, I will satisfy that standard. I will make it so and I will make you worthy to come before me. This is just a gracious and loving God. I want you to understand that when God calls us to live a certain way, he says, I will make provision for you to be able to live like that. God says, who will be able to endure it when I come? Now this word endure means who will be able to contain it? Who will be able to sustain it? Who will be able to restrain it or lay claim to it? Who would be able to calculate the goodness of God? Who would be able to endure? God is a God who is unfathomable because he's beyond our imagination. And yet he desires that we would know him. Would you come before the Lord that you would know God? Because God says, I would come to you that I would purify you. Look, there it is in the scriptures in verse 3. He will purify them, burning away the dross. He will refine them, purify them, refining them like gold or silver. This to me has a significant connection to what God said to us in 2020. Consecrate yourself. It means to purify, to sanctify, to set apart, to be refined, to be cleansed with this soap that would bleach clothes. Why? Because God wants to come and make us clean before him. He wants to lead us into the place of revelation and understanding that the goodness of God is revealed in his work in our lives. I'm also reminded, and we prayed this recently in in our prayer meeting, of the the verse in John chapter 15 where God says, I am the the gardener. You know, Jesus says, I'm the vine and the father is the gardener who comes close to those who are fruitful and he would prune them that they might bear more fruit. This work of God in our lives is not always easy, but it's always about God coming so that he might cleanse us, he might purify us, he might refine us in order that we would bear fruit 
and represent him in the world. Why would God want to do this? It's right here in the passage. Then once more, I will accept the offering of the people, says God. See, so what's the outcome of God working in our lives? If we understand that God is good and he's always good, that he comes to us to purify us and sanctify us is because he wants to accept our lives as a worthy offering before him. He doesn't want to reject us. He doesn't want to cast us out. He doesn't want to bring judgment uh, to us for the way that we live and lavish the, 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 the consequence for the iniquity on the future generations. He wants to set us free. He wants us to live a life of fruitfulness and abundance. And to understand that, we just have to accept that God is always good. What's my point? God does this good work in our lives. He comes to purify us and refine us like silver. He puts the heat on, turns the heat up so that the dross floats to the top, that he would then remove that dross and that what would be left would be the purity of the silver and the gold that he has created in us. This is the God whom we serve. Revealed in scripture that we might truly know him, that he's a truly good God so that we might be able to live in partnership with him and that's what I want to talk about next. This next passage is where I'm probably going to finish today, I imagine. It's uh, the passage in Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 to 9. The Lord says this, I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? Should people cheat God, he responds, and yet you cheat me. You ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And the Lord replies here, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. You're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. The scripture reveals that our um, our behavior is uh, how we live, um, the decisions we make and the, the conduct we have, it reveals our heart. And God is saying here, your actions do not measure up with what I have instructed you. The way that I have invited you to live in partnership with me under the covenant, the messenger of the covenant came to give you a message and you're not living that way. And in fact, you're cheating me, you're robbing me, says God. I want to talk about that next time, but for now, what I want you to see is in verse 6. I am the Lord, and I do not change. God is faithful. He is constant. He hasn't changed his mind. He's always committed to us. He's always working for us. He's moving toward us. Because he's in reaching out his hand, he's inviting us to come and to live in partnership with him. This is far beyond what we deserve. This is far beyond uh, the, the true consequence for, for our behavior and the way that we live. God says, look... I see the beginning from the end. Look, I saw you and I loved you while you were still sinners. Paul wrote in Romans, while he, we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He wrote to the church in Philippi and he says, look, Jesus made a way. He was willing to, to bow down and become a servant, a servant of all, in order that, that he would be the sacrifice for many and that, that, that God would truly elevate him and, and lift him up. Do we, do we see God as a harsh God that wants to punish us, that withholds blessing? Or do we see God as a God who invites us in to participate in the blessings he has for us? Because truly, my friends, the God you see, the God you anticipate is the God you will experience. And, and, and maybe that's what's revealed in your life. 
We're going to look uh, in the coming messages uh, about what the fruit is in our lives and, and why that might be the case. But unless we see God as he truly is, unless we see God as the God that's revealed in Scripture, we, we, we won't receive his message. And I want to caution you on that, and I'll speak about that in the next message. But for now, what I want to do is I want to just make a connection point, and then I want to point you to the application. You see, the, the key verse for this series, Windows of Heaven, is Malachi 3, verse 10, where the Lord says, bring the tithes into the storehouse, bring all of the tithes in so there'll be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says God, I will open the windows of heaven, and I'll pour out such a blessing that you won't be able to contain it. This, this, this um, key point is woven through these three messages that I have to share with you. It's, it's a call to obedience. It's a call to partnership. It's a call to participation, where we work with God because we're, we're partners with Him in the covenant that He will satisfy in our lives. This, this thread is wonderful, and it's right through the, the first message about the goodness of God. It's right, clearly in the middle there where God says, do not cheat God. And, and then finally, with uh, the wild abundance beyond imagination. And so I just wanted to make sure you had that woven through there. So as I close this message, what I'd love to do is I'd love to bring you to the point of application. And uh, on the back of the worksheet there, what you'll see is um, I want you to work through this with some others and say, how would you describe your relationship with God? I want you to, to think about your relationship with God, who is our Heavenly Father. You know, the Bible teaches very simply that there is a trinity. There's the three, three, the three aspects of God that we relate to uh, as if they were individuals, and yet there's only one God. But we can relate to God as a father. And how's that going for you? And, uh, and how's God, how do you see God as your provider and your protector? The second question is, how do you uh, relate to Jesus as your saviour and your friend? He's the one that died for you, but he's also the, the, the one that comes alongside you. He's your brother. We are brothers and sisters in Christ and we have been uh, rescued and, and saved into Christ and that, that, that we've been elevated into heaven and we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. How's that working out for you as Jesus Christ is your friend? What does that mean to you? And finally, how do you relate to the Holy Spirit as your counsellor and your guide, your comforter? The one that will lead you into truth, the one that will bring conviction to bring, uh, bring redemption um, and sanctification How's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And as I, as I close here, I want to um, submit to you that there's a fantastic exercise on the worksheet there about understanding if there's any untruth in how you see God or relate to God. And I've got some key steps here for you to follow a pattern of prayer. If God shows you something, then what you must do is you must repent of your agreement with that untruth. You must renounce the power of that, rot, that lie, which is an untruth. You must renounce it so that it has no further impact in your life and no influence over you. You've got to reject it completely by turning away from it. I, I, I disavow my power, my connection with that lie. And, and then you ask God, what is true? Having given away my partnership with that lie, God, what is true? What can I receive from you? God, would you tell me today what is something about you that I can receive as a truth, a new revelation of who you are? And then you say, I simply, I, I simply choose to receive this new truth as my reality. And I ask God that he would replace it in my heart so that it helps me to live in partnership and relationship with him. 
So friend, I invite you to get the worksheet. I invite you to sit with others and I invite you to have some time with God. Say, God, would you come and reveal yourself to us? Because the God you see is the God you know. And the God you know is the God you relate to and experience. And, and what I don't want is for us to have a false view of God and then miss the point of the scripture where God is trying to reveal himself truly as a good, good father. My friends, I don't know what your, what your history is or what your journey is, uh, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you believe or have a small amount of belief, but I can truly say to you, my experience is that God is good. He is always good. His goodness knows no limit. And I'm inviting you to come and experience that by having a relationship with him. If there's any way we can help you with that, please reach out. We'd love to be partners with you here at Zion in your walk with the Lord as your saviour and your friend. May God truly bless you. May his word come alive to you. And I look forward to seeing you in the next message when we talk about the second part of this passage, which is titled, Do Not Cheat God. Come on. I dare you to join me there. It's going to be a cracker. See you soon.